Welcome back to Tay Learning. This is a really important, exciting episode because what happened last night, Danny? Um, Taylor Swift announced out of nowhere at the VMAs that her 10th studio album, Midnight's, comes out on October 21st. We're not okay. By the way, my name is Olivia. Oh, and my name is Danny, and we are major Taylor Swift fans, and I really hope that that was clear by the name of this podcast. I am not okay. So... <laughs> I guess let's tell them our experience with discovering this announcement because I wasn't watching the VMAs live. I wasn't either. I was watching House of the Dragon with my sister. And once House of the Dragon concluded, my sister was like, let's go to bed. I'm really tired. And I knew that the VMAs were still happening. I was not Mm -hmm. watching them. I don't really have a way to watch them other than finding like a link on Twitter now. And I was like, there's a good chance she's going to announce something. There's also a really good chance that she's going to just let All Too Well 10-Minute Version have its moment at the VMAs. And so I was holding out. Like, I'll get a notification. And then I was scrolling through TikTok when I get a text from a friend of mine that works at my side gig. And she was like, I've been waiting all night for this announcement. And I shot up out of bed. I immediately called Olivia because I saw announcement. So stressful. And I was kicking myself because... I watched like the first portion of the VMAs live before House of the Dragon aired. And I prioritized House of the Dragon because we have this group chat with some of our friends that watch it. And the whole purpose is to talk in this group chat while watching it live. Like that's the whole point. And so I don't want to get spoiled for House of the Dragon. So I watched Taylor give her acceptance speech for a best long form video. And I was like, okay, satisfied. I'm sure I'll find out if she wins video of the year. Because at this point, I've been burned by all the crazy Swifty conspiracies And um, the idea that maybe she'll announce something today. I just didn't have it in my heart to fully believe another conspiracy theory because I've been heartbroken. Same. I was not prepared to clown again. And not at the cost of a House of the Dragon spoiler, Uh -uh. even though it just started. And not at the cost of having to watch the VMAs, if I'm being honest, because the VMAs just gets like increasingly cringy for me. (laughs) Taylor Swift. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I I love awards. I used to really love award shows, but like every time something happens each year, that's like a big cultural moment. But Mm -hmm. also sometimes that cultural moment is cringy. Like highly what's good. And now back to this bitch that had a lot to say about me the other day in the press. Miley, what's good? I, I saw that she'd arrived and I saw that she was dressed the way she was dressed. And I'm like, okay, this outfit obviously has a lot of references. Mm-hmm. I got 1989 vibes. I know other people got look what you made me do vibes. That wasn't my initial thought. I got both. Like I saw the outfit and I was like the outfit itself, just as an outfit gives mm-hmm. 1989 but it's very obviously homage to look what you made me do when you hold it next mm-hmm. to the bathtub photo from the music right. video and you know upon further analysis it's pretty obvious that it's also a reference to her 2009 vmas dress and how many years ago was the 2009 vmas remind me 13 taylor's huh. lucky number mm. coincidence no no nothing's probably not so I saw that she'd arrived. She looked great. I like looked at my sister and I was like, oh my God, she's there. She looks awesome. And, and I was- this was a surprise too. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't pay attention to like the Swifty community that's popping off on all social media platforms right now, she didn't confirm if she was going or not. It was a conspiracy whether or not she was going to show up. I did see a behind the scenes photo that somebody had tweeted of the seating arrangement at the VMAs. And there was a photo of her, like her face and her name. She was a couple seats over from Olivia Rodrigo, I think, in the seating. That doesn't really mean anything because, first of all, Taylor Swift is absolutely the kind of person that would 
pay somebody to leak a fake photo to stir up talk of her being there if she wasn't going to be there. But, you know, I did see that and I was like, hmm, seems sus. But I didn't want to clown. I didn't and we keep- knew she was in New York. She was spotted on a date with Joe in New York City recently. So people knew she was in New York. Is that where the VMAs and were this year or was it LA? I assume so. That was one of the evidence pieces, I guess. She arrived. It was a surprise. She looked amazing. I was very hyped about her fit because I just thought that the fit was so gorgeous. But so good. Something that caught my eye immediately, and we should expand on this later, but I'm going to mention it right now. That outfit was not giving what she's been giving since 2020, which was cottage core. Yeah, it's not folklorian. That outfit should have been our mm-hmm. first major red flag that something was up but I was just so enamored by the fit itself that I didn't think a whole lot of it I was just like damn she looks good my brain that wants to protect my heart from being heartbroken over conspiracy theories just thought that you know this is the first time she's been in public in a long time especially for an award show she just probably wanted to look extra good (laughs) and she did. She did look extra good. She her did. eyes. Somebody said that her outfit was giving a never needy, ever lovely jewel whose shine reflects on you. The idea you had of me, who was she? A never needy, ever lovely jewel whose shine reflects on you. And I was like, okay, so maybe this is just like some, right. yeah, shining some sort of a light on all too well <laughs> and version. And I really thought that she was going to just give all too well 10 minute version. It's night. It's a moment. And I'm not mad that she didn't, obviously. I know. She really wanted red to have its full era. And, and my it God, really did. It really did. I was so ready to enter this fall. Like I just bought fall candles yesterday. I was so ready to <laughs> enter. Okay, we're doing another sad girl autumn, baby. And it might be. We don't know what this album's going to be. It might so be ready. a sad girl autumn. It comes out in October. So Seven weeks. We have seven weeks to mentally and emotionally prepare. We've already technically entered the Midnight's era, hence our makeup. Tell me about your makeup. I know if you're listening, you can't see it. So I want you to describe it to me as though I can't see you. So I did my best to recreate her like smoky blue eyeshadow look from the cover. And I have my little lighter, (laughs) you know. Oh, it looks so good. Did you take any photos to like mimic it? I've been trying, but getting the lighting right is so fucking hard. Yeah, I don't know exactly. It's a work in progress. I'll probably be taking photos all night and we'll probably hit them all until I look at them like 10 days from now. Yeah, I'm going to a volleyball game tonight that I'm playing in. So my full glam that I'm in is just about to be destroyed and I'm going to get a lot of questions. Yeah, what Um, was your makeup inspired by? Okay, so my makeup, my eyelids are entirely covered in silver shimmer, actually from the eyeshadow palette that your sister Crystal gave me. Um, Shout out Crystal. (laughs) Crystal, My eyelids are covered in it and it's supposed to represent the jewel covered outfit that she wore last night and then I put on some more nude lips so that I could let these eyes shine if anyone makes comments at the volleyball game just tell them that you're in your midnight's era oh my how else are you supposed to come and play volleyball oh my god you're so right (laughs) I can't I can't not show up to every volleyball game in full glam and like old Hollywood now because I'm in my midnight's era the blue of the highlighter on the palette is the same blue as the midnight's cover you can't really see that but yeah I did a little bit darker than the midnights 
eyeshadow because I wanted it to be really smoky. So I kind of dramatized it a little bit because of who I am as a person. I absolutely love it. So that's kind of how we found out last night. And it was insane. I immediately called Olivia and broke the news. She answered the call and she goes, hello. Yeah. And I went, bitch, she's dropping a new album October 21st. And I was literally in the middle of doing like Kimye feud research because we were supposed to record the episode discussing the Kimye feud and everything that happened leading up to 2016. So I'm like deep in like 2010 Kanye West interviews and she calls me and I'm like, hello, (laughs) like, are you going to change the time that we're recording on me or something? (laughs) And it was late. It was late your time. It was like almost midnight. And I felt Yeah, it was like 30 minutes until midnight. I felt bad calling up. I was was awake. When the phone was was ringing, I looked over at my sister and I was like, I really hope she's awake. Her Instagram goes to meet me at midnight with a countdown. Yeah. And the Taylor, I saw it through Taylor Nation. They posted a story with just a countdown and a link to the website. And I was like, shit, Danny, Danny, there's a countdown. And so we pull it up and it's this dumbass clock. We need to talk about this clock because I, listen, we briefly talked about it last night, like hyperventilating. And we concluded that we are not the smart Swifties of the Swifty community. We are the dumb following Swifties. Unfortunately, I think that's true. I can't figure out a Taylor Swift puzzle to save my life. No. (laughs) But we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about our theories and um, our original thoughts and our debates going back and forth because we debated it last night a little bit. But I think I kind of just accept the fact that I don't understand anything she does and I kind of move on. But I read some theories this morning too. So let's talk about the clock. So you get onto her website right before midnight and it's this literal dial clock that's counting down until midnight. The numbers are all different colors and it's really weird. It's clearly, it clearly means something. So numbers one, two, and half of the number three are this kind of light blue that is the same as the color scheme that she's kind of giving for midnights. Mm -hmm. And then four, five, half of three and half of six are this kind of maroony, pinky color almost. These are all like really muted colors. Mm -hmm. Seven, eight, half of nine and half of six are yellow. So my initial thought when I saw that and I said it over the phone, but it didn't really, it didn't work was the 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 first thing you've jumped color gradient was maybe for each era, but that didn't really reflect well because it didn't cover all the eras. And then my sister was like, is it only the eras that haven't been re-recorded?" But I was like, no, Fearless and Red are on there. So it couldn't be that. Yeah. And it's not really a gradient either, which throws me off. Like three is literally split in half two different colors. Six is split in half two different colors. Same thing with nine. So I don't know. It's so weird. I'm wondering. Especially if- like 12 is a completely different color. Taylor really loves doing like her chapters or doing like pieces of life encapsulated like together. She likes to do that kind of thing. I don't know if that helps with their storytelling or helps with people who are listening and want a story to tell for themselves. I'm wondering if Midnight's because it's 13 songs, which doesn't evenly divide, but it makes me wonder if the songs are divided up converging. I don't know. That's yeah, I wondered about I that too. But the only thing that makes me apprehensive is the album has 13 songs and there's only 12 numbers on the clock. So I don't know. It's so weird. And another theory that I thought kind of ties into this other talking point that I guess we can dive into a little bit. So when she released or announced this album, she said that, that this was an album that encapsulated 
13 different stories of sleepless nights throughout her life. So I was kind of wondering, did she pull these songs from the vault? And she, as she's re-recording and revisiting her vault songs, put them all together for a cohesive album. And is that what those numbers signify? Like what time in her life they came from? Or I don't That's know. That's a really valid thought because when I saw that post about her saying like throughout my life, I'm wondering, did she pull a song from when she was 14 and a song from when she was yeah. 18? Like my mind went to that as well. But the counterpoint that I think in my mind, and this could just be me being full of a lot of hope I don't think that Taylor Swift has the ability to shut up like I don't think she can stop writing I think I know. for her her feelings are the most validated to her when she is singing them so if that's the case I don't see how she could have gone two years we're coming up on two years since evermore right. two years without writing original content I know but she also specifically said throughout her life. So it's possible that these literally are throughout the past yeah. 16 years or 32 years of her entire life. And it's also possible that these this is entirely brand new original content. I guess we'll learn more. No, I'm literally so scared. I think it's important to read aloud her actual announcement post. So I'm going to do that. And then we can kind of pull it apart because I think it relates to what we're talking about right now. I agree. So when... She actually posted, you know, everything at midnight. We saw what we presumed to be the album cover. I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later. She also posted this short little blurb that describes what midnights mean to her. She said, we lie awake in love and in fear, in turmoil and in tears. We stare at the walls and drink until they speak back. We twist in our self-made cages and pray that we aren't right this minute about to make some fateful life-altering mistake. This is a collection of music written in the middle of the night, a journey through terrors and sweet dreams. The floors we pace and the demons we face for all of us who have tossed and turned and decided to keep the lanterns lit and go searching, hoping that just maybe when the clock strikes 12, we'll meet ourselves. Midnights, the story of 13 sleepless nights scattered throughout my life will be out October 21st. Meet me at midnight. I literally just got goosebumps once again. So the, the throughout her life, that does tell me that this has been a long time coming. But the other thing is yeah. she does write lyrics down sometimes with nowhere to put them and puts them That's in later. True. Like Meet Me Behind the Mall, she wrote years That's ago. That's what Meet Me at Midnight keeps making me think about too. So she wrote that lyric, Meet Me Behind the Mall, years ago and had nowhere to put it. And then she ended up putting yeah. it in August. So maybe she like has lines from throughout her life that she came up with in the middle of the night. I like that theory. I have that same theory with uh, Willow. I'll come back stronger than a 90s trend. It doesn't make sense in that song to me. I have a feeling mm -hmm. that she wrote that in the middle of the night 10 years ago and was like, I'm going to put that in a song somewhere someday. Yeah. I come back stronger than a 90s trend. So, Danny, what do you think some of these sleepless nights are going to be? Like, specifically? Yeah. I don't know. Do she talks any about theories about that? She talks about drinking until the walls speak back to you, which, like, I've been that drunk before. Uh, I, I have to imagine that at least a couple of these nights are literally nights when she is just fully, like, wine blacked. And I, I imagine a lot. Uh, we're going to get a lot of light shown on the 2016 thing. <sighs> I think we're going to get insight into past relationships. I know mm, we have yet to discuss the potential that Taylor Swift has been in a same-sex relationship. 
Uh, mm-hmm. If you're part of the Taylor fandom at all, you know that that is a really strong theory. And when we do broach that subject, we're going to be incredibly delicate because somebody's sexuality, whether private or public, is a delicate topic. Mm-hmm. That being said, if any of the songs on this album are in any way her coming out, I genuinely think the world will rock. Will be the biggest pop culture moment of 2022. I'm so scared. <laughs> genuinely for, so scared of this album. I'm I'm scared for for just so for everyone listening. Not scared that she's gay. We're not scared that she's gay. No, no, I'm scared of the trauma I'm gonna experience listening to this album. Say, I'm because I'm, I imagine the vibes I get. I feel like it's gonna be an album full of nothing news. And we know how that rocked her world. <laughs> and we still want me when I'm nothing new. Yeah, nothing new did me dirty mentally. I want to pick this apart because I feel like, first of all, the first thing that stands out to me in this entire excerpt is when the clock strikes 12, we'll meet ourselves. That rhymes. You cannot convince me that that is not a lyric. Oh, and another one, too, that I thought was really good. I think it was by the Thrifty Swifty, you know. She pulled this screenshot of a tweet to buy at Your Only Angel. The theory is she's left Easter eggs for the names of her tracks in this post. The theory that I have right here, the potential track names are Awaken Love, Turmoil and Tears, Self-Made Cages, Middle of the Night, Sweet Dreams, Demons We Face, Journey Through Terrors, Toss and Turn, Keep the Lanterns Lit, Clock Strikes Twelve, Sleepless Nights, Throughout My Life, and Meet Me at Midnight. I mean, all of those sound like they'd be related songs. They sound like they would make sense with the album itself. Yeah, and this paragraph is way too poetic to just be, hey, this is my album. And as we talked about in the This Love episode, she takes her poems often and puts them actually into music. Yeah. I do wonder if these songs were poems that she's written. We, we've talked about this so many times about how it breaks my heart yeah, that she's written maybe poetry. Maybe she did write poems and then turned it into music in modern day. Yep. So that she actually, because the part that makes me apprehensive about the fact that maybe she's just writing anecdotes about her past current day is she says, these are all songs I wrote in the middle of the night. And I can't imagine her necessarily doing that as heartfelt in modern times over past feelings I guess I would so agree. I I buy that maybe she wrote poems or like wrote journal entries or wrote ideas and then turned it into reality in current day that would be my guess because we know that this love started off as a poem and then she put it to music she mm-hmm. likes to do that. It breaks my heart that we'll never know all of the poems that she's written. I know. But if this is a start, I think that the, that, that excerpt that you read off is fully hinting at titles of songs. I really do. Yeah. Especially because she loves to do that thing where she teases them too. And I guess during Folklore and Evermore, I don't think she teased it, but those came out like same day she announced them. But it kind of reminds me of the way that she would announce like the vault tracks I feel like we're going to get more riddles before October also for context for those of you who don't know our Swifty journeys this is our first new Taylor Swift album release that we're both very very invested in because we were kind of disconnected from Taylor during 1989 through Lover-ish and Folklore and Evermore were like whiplash so I don't think those super count even though we were excited we weren't as crazy 
Yeah, we weren't <laughs> as crazy, but also they just didn't have a whole lot of buildup. Like she announced folklore and then it came out and Evermore, yeah. Evermore, she's forgotten that she released it seems like this is forevermore. <laughs> I'm getting her, her ninth child. And like I said, we weren't super crazy Swifties when folklore and evermore came out. Like we were both really excited, but we listened to them independently of each other, despite living in the same city. And we just didn't realize how much the other person loved Taylor. So we kind of kept it to ourselves and then kind of came together to chat about it a little bit. But yeah. And obviously co-hosting this podcast with you has been, this is going to sound so crazy. It's it's like literally been life-changing already. I haven't been this invested in, you know, somebody that I've never met in like 10 years. And I forget, it makes me feel like a teenager again. There's so much hype. Feels, I know. There's so much hype in getting to- Being a fangirl is so hard sometimes. It's so hard, but it just, it feels so good. And there's this massive community. Literally millions of people love this woman and the art mm-hmm. that she produces. And I feel so incredibly lucky that I get to share that feeling with you, one of my best friends. And we get to talk about it and share that love with the world and with our friends and our family. It's it's just, it's an honor. It is an honor. Glad to be here with you. Glad to be here with you and glad that Midnight's is coming out. We get this release. I really wasn't expecting this. I'm happy that we are getting some fresh content. I'm really nervous because I don't know what this is going to be. I was talking to my boyfriend this morning and I was talking about where does she go from here? Because my mind goes to maybe this will give us that pop punky feeling that we were getting during the 1989 tour. I know Karma is an episode you're looking forward to, but talking about the potential of the hidden album Karma. Yes. That being said, once she covers like that pop punk route, what what happens here? She went yeah. cottagecore indie. She's coming back to pop. Maybe she's going to continue to evolve. And I'm so excited to bear witness to it. And also so incredibly nervous. <laughs> I think that she's going to end up flirting with combining different genres in the future. So obviously, I don't think she's going to stray too far from pop with this album. I can't see her going rock rock you know I don't think she has the chops for that necessarily but I am anticipating and hoping for a rock pop album this isn't confirmed I didn't do research after I saw this I'm in a couple Swifty Facebook pages and I saw this one Swifty mentioned that a couple record stores are categorizing Midnight's as rock pop I saw that too, but they only yeah. circled the rock pop part. If you look at the other categorizations, one of them says country. Interesting. So like I saw that too, but then I looked at the categorizations on the other end and yeah. it did say country and it said um, like romantic pop or something. And I was like, are they just guessing? Are they those yeah. just the categories she's covered before? Or are we going to get like another version right. of Red where she's got country, she's got pop, and she's also got some rock elements? Yeah. I mean, if she wants to pay homage to the certain time periods of her life where she was experiencing these feelings, I can imagine that maybe she would kind of lean into whatever genre she was really feeling at the time. So I wonder if when she goes into like possible Sleepless Nights over Calvin Harris, over Kimye in 2016, if those songs are going to lean a little more rockish, because we're going to have a whole episode for, I I wonder if she's going to play with different sounds. Because I think at this point, Taylor is really coming to terms with the fact that she can do anything and we will eat it up and it'll be successful 
And I think she's a little more confident with playing around with things and not really following equations for success. I agree with you. We had the entire remaining relevant series, which if you haven't listened to it, definitely go listen to it. Mm -hmm. Um, That series breaks down that feeling of making sure that she stays relevant. So while she is bright, if, if you're right, that she believes that she can do anything and will eat it up, which we will. Mm -hmm. then I hope that that feeling overpowers her incessant and insatiable need to reinvent herself consistently in order to stay relevant and palatable and likable Mm -hmm. because I'm going to like her no matter what, honestly. Right. And I think too, another important aspect to know is in order to win highly coveted awards, like the Grammys album of the year, she does have to produce things that are different from things that she previously won so that's a theory as to why evermore didn't win album of the year because folklore already did and she didn't really push herself more musically in evermore versus folklore that's true because her three album of the year winners are also drastically different fearless 1989 Mm -hmm. and folklore don't sound like they were created by the same person no so she's demonstrating as a musical artist that she can do all these different genres and styles and I think she's going to continue pushing forward like that I I think it's also fun for her (laughs) I hope that she stays genuine to stuff that she actually wants to do and I think Mm -hmm. she will but like there's potential she could go into jazz and do what Lady Gaga did with Tony Bennett and create a whole jazz album which I think the Lady Gaga wanted to do but I don't see that that for example being something that Taylor Swift wants to do right now but it would be a reinvention and that Tony yeah. Bennett Lady Gaga album was a Grammy nom. Bruno Mars with uh Silk Sonic and like Leave the mm-hmm. Door Open. I'm leave the He did these things intentionally. Like, I feel like they wanted to do those things, but those were absolutely, look at us. We are Grammy winners. And I want her to stay authentic to the stuff that she wants to do while recognizing that she's talented enough that she can stay in the lanes that she wants to be in and still create Grammy level music. And I feel like her doing folklore really proves that. I mean, I didn't expect anything like folklore from Taylor Swift. That's a wild jump I was shell-shocked when I first listened to folklore and she pulled that off and that was something obviously she genuinely wanted to do because she talked about how her previous label probably wouldn't have let her put that out something that I find really interesting is that Taylor Swift is obviously really great at kickstarting trends but something that Mm -hmm. I think she does better than almost anybody else in the industry is seeing them before they happen and by that I mean when Folklore came out in 2020 Cottagecore was just beginning like it's birth hopefully you know yeah it was like a COVID trend it was a COVID trend she saw it coming she wrote an entire album about it she wrote evermore to stay on the heels of it as we all stayed thick in this pandemic and in that feeling like folklore is the album of the year that feeling is so yeah so that feeling is 2020 folklore is 2020 Mm -hmm. I feel like the synth pop that she did with 1989 that was ahead of its time and Mm -hmm. There are things that she just did bringing uh, EDM into I Knew You Were Trouble. That was before EDM was really mainstream. Avicii wasn't even on mainstream radio at the time. And I believe that Reputation 
the world wasn't ready for reputation when it came out. That's why it didn't get the recognition it deserved or the love it deserved. I agree. She's good at spotting trends. She's been off before. I stand by the fact that I don't think that me is her strongest work. And, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the world might've gone in that direction musically and sonically and that feeling of yeah. lover had we not been struck in the face by a pandemic yeah and i bet without the pandemic she would have done the lover fest and it would have slapped been wildly <laughs> successful and because oh, yeah. the, the reputation tour really helped reputation as an album mm-hmm. soar i feel like lover would have had the exact same effect and i feel like that's often why lover is overlooked i'm sorry yeah that being said she can spot trends and something that I've kind of noticed over the past couple of months is we're getting that 2014 tumblr grungy era coming back a little bit that's the sky Ferreira eyes um Mm -hmm. we're getting that style of music to come back and I'm really nostalgic for that time because in 2014 I like listened to two types of music indie music and one direction of course the tumblr (laughs) thigh gap everybody smoked cigarettes for funsies thing not exactly the healthiest vibe but capturing that feeling I feel like midnights has such potential to lean into bringing back that feeling but I'm so excited I'm so scared but I'm so excited I was really hoping she would release a single last night at midnight with it I I told Olivia that I was like Merch is fine. If it was merch, I was like, it's fine. I uh, don't have the money to shell out for merch every three months. Peep the Speak Now necklace. Especially uh, Taylor Swift store merch because it's all overpriced. It is. We bought the the $50 pool floaty, okay? Like, we're susceptible to that kind of stuff. I I can't do that often. We're a marketer's dream. We're so painfully influenceable. I was just praying that uh, it wasn't going to be concert tickets. Oh, I just did this vacation to Michigan to hang out with Olivia. We were together for a full week. It was amazing. It was awesome, but it was a vacation. Yes, it was. So I did be spending money and I was like, okay, what's my credit limit? How much can I spend on a folk lover more midnights tour? <laughs> and that's something else I like oh, to talk yeah. about is about the potential for a tour and what this is going to cost and what this is going to look like. <sighs> that gives me anxiety. Because we've never seen Taylor live, so we would really love to go. <laughs> I would do a lot. I would do a lot to go see Taylor Swift live I and be a part a of it. I'm sad that there wasn't a single dropped with it because I feel like there's so many unknowns right now about what Midnight's yeah. is going to be. And if there were just some sort of an answer, a single, uh, I could say lyrics, but it's possible she gave us lyrics and we don't even know it. But knowing yeah. Taylor Swift- I think she gonna, loves playing this game. Uh, I'm going to wake up one random morning and she will have dropped a song at 3 a.m., <sighs> They always drop at midnight. They always drop at midnight. They do. They always drop at midnight. But like it's always midnight. Yeah, but I'm a corporate girly. I work a nine to five. I'd be asleep. Yeah, and you're central time. So you just have to stay up until 11. (laughs) I have to stay up until midnight because of Eastern Standard Time. Okay, that's fair. I can stay up till 11. I'm usually scrolling through TikTok at 11. But TikTok will tell you. Yeah, that's probably true. They will tell you. They'll blow the whistle. Or I'll get a push notification from like BuzzFeed or something that's like, wake uh, up. The way my heart drops when I get notifications that Taylor Swift posted on Instagram. One of my most like popular TikToks that I've made is actually me saying every night I go to sleep in terror that I will wake up and Taylor Swift will have dropped content in the middle of the night. And that's exactly what happened last night. I mean, she did announce it at the VMAs. I get it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But still, <laughs> I don't know. She looked evil. 
like in the photos of her right before she went on stage, she looked. She knew what she was going to do. Beautiful. She knew that she was absolutely about to ruin everybody's sleep schedules and oh, she was about to rock the world. God. When do you think she would have announced it had she not won? Probably soon, but she loves the drama. She She's admitted that she's dramatic. So I don't know. I felt like she probably felt really confident in the All Too Well short film winning video of the year. It but... deserved it. I, I went oh, and watched yeah. the other nominees because I was curious and every nominee in that category was killer. Like they were, last year was amazing for music videos. She deserved it. That oh, was yeah. an insane, heartbreaking video and now that era is over and i i hope midnights isn't entirely sad man i i mean okay i want to bring up her vma after party outfit after we take a quick break to talk about our sponsor anchor so i wanted to take a few minutes and discuss Taylor's VMA outfits last night. So we we kind of touched on the outfit that she actually wore to the awards ceremony. It was that really bejeweled, almost kind of sheer style rhinestone dress. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But of course, the after party fits are always killing it as well. And I love her after party fit so she's wearing this little mini dress that's a deep navy it's almost it kind of looks like a satiny material it's very reflective and it has some silver stars coming down across the bodice and she has this oversized white faux fur jacket and these massive rhinestone heels and if that does not define the midnight's era I don't want it I'm really excited to see exactly what this era is going to embody because you think about red and you think sadness and you think scarves and you think cozy and you think about 1989 mm-hmm. and you think about like the sexy, chic, whatever. Yeah. What, what does Midnight's mean? And we talked about how it could mean like this re-entering of the Tumblr era that 2014, like it just had 2014 by the throat. It's yeah. also giving like this old Hollywood glam yeah definitely with the grunge tumbler I don't know basically I don't know what the fuck this album is gonna sound like I know and I feel like the glitzy old Hollywood glam feel is coming from her public appearances over the course of the last 24 hours but that grunge feeling comes from what we're led to believe is the actual album cover which is that kind of out of focus grainy photo of her with a lighter and it's you know not a super crisp photo it's definitely a vibe I know that right when you know when we were on our four-way call to discuss things when it first all came out um your roommate Rebecca mentioned that she is not a big fan of the cover and you hypothesized that maybe this is just like a filler photo giving it some time to think and I thought maybe this is the back of the album. I know that that sounds silly and crazy because like, why would she do that? But the track list is on there. And traditionally that is on the back. Mm -hmm. And it's not like she hasn't posted photos of herself on the back of albums before. That's actually very common for Taylor. And we didn't get the grid. We didn't get the nine grid. We didn't get the grid. I I am sold on the theory that the actual cover of the album is to be released. I really Mm -hmm. am. She, 
her album covers mean a lot to her. And, you know, now that I've had some time to marinate with it, I don't think it's the most outstanding album cover either. I don't hate it, but I don't have that feeling in my chest. Like the first time I saw the 1989 cover. I was literally looking at my Taylor Swift wall. For those of you who don't know, I have a Taylor Swift shrine in my apartment. I collect her vinyls and I display them in chronological order of release on my wall. And I was staring at them earlier today and I was like, assuming what she shared is the album cover, the off-centered photo with the white background. I saw a couple of people on TikTok say it's giving like 2005 PowerPoint. Mm, Kind of. (laughs) But I was just having a hard time envisioning it on my wall. But at the same time, I'm just having a hard time envisioning a new Taylor album because it's been two years and we've been stuck in the re-recording era and envisioning and thinking about all of her previous works that I can't imagine a new one until it becomes a part of my life more. It's very hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that we are entering a new era. We have, even though, folk, even though Folklore and Evermore are two separate albums, they're sister albums. Like they, they are the mm-hmm. same era. They're this cottagecore era and Lover yeah. was inadvertently cut short because of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I don't think that I will feel it until I hear it. Exactly. That being said, I do hope that what she shared is the back of the album or that that photo, the photo of her with the lighter is going to be the cover and the full cover of the album is going yeah. to be holding that lighter. I don't know, but I, I, I she's so particular right. with her album covers. I don't. And it's so interesting too, because so obviously debut through Lover, she had the title of the album displayed on the front and folklore evermore were the cottage core vibe. So it didn't have the title of the album on it. It was just a photo. And she continued on with that with fearless Taylor's version and red Taylor's version. So I kind of thought that was what she was doing with her vibe is just a photo because I think a lot of other artists are starting to do it that way too, at least recently. They definitely are. Although my personal favorite way that people do album covers, if I'm being honest, is when the title of the album is put into the photo in a way that's like subtle like oh, she even did it with the red like ring. the red she, ring she yeah. wore the red ring I thought that Olivia Rodrigo killed it with sour yes, by having the sour on her tongue I love when it's incorporated into the image I think it is Same. a great way to show personality I think it's a great way to show how clever you can be and I hope I really hope that that's not the Midnight's cover. If it is, I will be happy because I like the photo. It's so fun. The layout kind of gives like a retro vibe, I guess, if that's what she's actually going for. It's just, we won't know until we hear it if it matches entirely. We're just trying to decipher everything she's throwing at us because she loves to throw clues and riddles and we still haven't figured out the damn clock. (laughs) Like it's it's just, it's a lot to swallow at once. It really is. And I am envious of the Swifties that can move so quickly to put together these puzzle pieces. I'm not one of them. I will not claim to be one of them. I will hypothesize and theorize and be wrong and walk clown alias Mm. again. But I will say though, I was really suspicious of the word midnight back when she announced this love Taylor's version. Um, you told me that then too. You yeah, I'm like, it's then. weird. It's hold on, let me just pull it up so I can read it because I, I can't, there's too much in my brain. <laughs> when she announced this love Taylor's version, she shared a trailer to um The Summer I Turned Pretty, which that's the song, or that's the show that Taylor 
released her version of this love for and the caption says thank you at jenny han for debuting my version of this love in the trailer for the summer i turned pretty i've always been so proud of this song and i'm very mm, like pouty eye three times emoji about the, this turn of events this love taylor's version comes out tonight at midnight and the word midnight has a space between each letter it's emphasized and I knew there was something about it so a lot of the Swifties were hypothesizing midnight the first thing I think of is style 1989 maybe is next but the word midnight being emphasized that was sus that was it's us. not just Taylor. I don't remember exactly who it was. It was somebody who's in her inner circle. I think it, it was Jack Aaron Antonoff. Dessner. Aaron Dessner posted mm-hmm. and was really cryptic about the word midnight as well. How does she keep yeah. all these people? Some fans were like, what if her, what if TS10 is the, the name of it is midnight? People thought that and put that in the world. Yeah, I honestly, when I saw it, my mind also went to style. But then I thought about, honestly, I thought about all of her other songs that have the word midnight in it. So obviously the most prominent is style. It Mm -hmm. opens with the word midnight. Uh, She says midnight's and you are in love. He drives coffee at midnight. I think uh, New Year's Day. I want your midnight. But I'll be cleaning up bottles with you on New Year's Day. So that was the first one I thought too, but she specifically says midnights. I want your midnights. So I was Mm -hmm. also thinking about it. She also says it in 22. Mm hmm. Perfect night for breakfast at midnight to fall in love with strangers. So I think those are the only four. We'll do a break. There are more. There are she says more. midnight. The, the dress I wore at midnight, leave it all behind. There is happiness. With the flickers of light from the dress I wore at midnight, leave it all behind. There is happiness. There's more. We just have to we have to find them. Yeah, we're gonna have to. There's we'll a lot more. She loves the middle of the night. How much does she love it? In the middle of the night in my dreams. You should see the things we do. Baby. It's easy to say Taylor Swift is a genius. She's been planning this for years. This is one long, long game Easter egg hunt. I don't think it's a long game Easter egg hunt, but I do think that she has known for a while definitely since before this love was released. And I think too, this album, at least the vibes I'm getting and what I'm kind of assuming it's going to end up being and feeling like. So kind of touching back on the idea that, you know, the clock had the different colors and maybe those are the different eras of her life that she's going to be pulling these experiences from. Obviously she said, this is a brand new album. It's a brand new era. And I almost wonder if it's kind of an experience of her, her life as a whole, because to us, the fans, we see her different eras. She makes sure to make that really prominent. I mean, reputation to lover, that's a completely different aesthetic and that's a stage performance. And I'm sure she has fun dressing up as these different eras, but 
those are her different stage presences for her different albums. But at the core, she's still Taylor Swift. And I'm sure she still dresses and acts the same at home as she has throughout all of her eras. And so I wonder if Midnight's is going to be kind of a glimpse into what truly makes her her. I kind of hope that you're right because Folklore and Evermore were, in her in her words, not autobiographical. For the most part, mm-hmm. there are some songs on there that absolutely are like Mad I mean, Woman. Liter- yeah. But I mean, literally the name of Folklore is Folklore. Yeah. As far as we know, she's not married. And Ivy, she says, drink my husband's wine. There's yeah. the trio of August, Betty, and Cardigan. Yeah, she has- there's nobody, no crime, straight fiction. I mean, I can't imagine she Maybe. murdered somebody. Maybe. Mm. We don't know. Taylor Swift might have killed somebody. And honestly, <laughs> if anybody, I'm sorry. If anybody could get away with murder, it would be Taylor Swift. You can't tell me otherwise. No, nobody, no crime. I up until the day I die. I mean, good thing her father taught her how to clean a house. <laughs> She knows how to cover about her a boating license when she was 16. Yeah, in between her doing tours, she was actually getting a boating license. And she and Haim, <laughs> she and Haim have been trying to confess their murder to the world for like two years. And nobody's taking it seriously. Nobody's listening to them. This is crazy. <laughs> you know, nobody, no crime gets a lot of shit. You cannot tell me that if oh, it hadn't been released as a single, it wouldn't have absolutely hit. It's the first song on Evermore that stood out to me. Same. Literally say goodbye, Earl was a life changing song for me when I was a kid by the chicks, the then Dixie chicks. Take them long to decide that Earl had to die. Goodbye, Earl. Yeah, it was the like the feminist anthem we didn't realize that we needed. This is just a new age, like cottage core version of that. And people, you, I'm sorry, you can't shit talk nobody, no crime. It's so good. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. You can make fun of the she was with me, dude. SD sister's gonna swear she was with me. She was with me, dude. Good thing. That plays in the song, whatever. Okay, I- but it's fun. It's just like, um, who's Taylor Swift anyway? Ew. Ew. Too many cool kids. She likes to do that kind of stuff. It's quirky, it's fun. That song deserves its own comeback moment if for no one else than for our friend maddie who that was the song that got her into taylor swift because she loves here's her most played song on spotify rap last year and she suspects it will remain at that title for this year yeah so (laughs) i'm sorry this is a nobody no crime fan club maybe she killed the guy at midnight maybe this maybe this album is another confession of a murder maybe this will be one of the nights that haunts her I'm really excited for this album. I really hope it is kind of a more personal peek into her life and her struggles too, so we can better understand her as fans. I think that this is going to be the most intimate look at Taylor Swift yet. And that's a lot, that's a very bold statement. I recognize that that's a yeah. very bold statement because yeah. she has poured her heart and her soul into songs before. All Too Well 10 Minute Version was incredible. Dear John. Mm-hmm which was came out 12 years ago was just an insane confession at the time i think that if what she's hinting at here is true and accurate we are about to look through a looking glass into her soul and Mm -hmm. 
I just hope it's happy. That sounds so dumb, but like, I, I feel like some songs are going to be happy. I mean, literally in her dialogue about the album, she says, we lie awake in love and in fear. So I'm sure she's going to have some songs that are, I mean, all she said is sleepless nights. You can have a sleepless, excited night. That's true. That you is can crazy. have a sleepless night. Oh, wink, wink. you know, <laughs> I, I think, I guess I hadn't really given that a whole lot of thought. Cause when you hear sleepless nights, that usually comes with a negative connotation, but I last know. night I didn't get a whole lot of sleep and I was just excited. And mm-hmm. there have been times like some sleepless nights or where I'm awake at midnight are celebratory and full of joy. Literally last week when we were in Michigan, we were sitting up watching the reputation tour. We were all drunk sitting on your floor, having the best time love story, (laughs) just shooting the shit. And that was like a basically sleepless night. I slept two hours that night. (laughs) I tried to sleep two hours, but my air mattress deflated. So I slept on top of Matt and he was not very appreciative, but (laughs) what was I going to do? Sleep on the floor? No. (laughs) And some sleepless nights, like I literally lie awake and I'm anxious and sad and scared Mm -hmm. But I think she's going to rip our heart out in those songs because, like I said earlier, I anticipate it kind of being like nothing new. I don't think when she wrote nothing new, she intended for people to hear it. And I feel like that's what this album is going to be an accumulation of those songs that she kind of drafted in the past and perfected in modern day. And 18 year old her, if we have a song from 18 year old Taylor Swift, that wasn't intended to be listened to by anybody i hope i I really really hope that every single song on this album also comes with like you know when you're listening through 1989 and at the end it has like a breakdown of the development of a few of the songs i want that for every single one of these because these are from nights throughout her life i want to hear one of the songs and i want to hear a voice memo after that even if it's only 60 seconds long of her saying i wrote that song on November 29th, 2014, I was staying awake because I had had a few margaritas and I was having trouble falling asleep because I was dizzy. And mm-hmm. I I want to know what her headspace was because something that makes Taylor Swift's music so magical and so universal is that she puts feelings to words, thus to music, that a lot of people, myself included, don't know how to verbalize. Mm-hmm. So if she's had a a night where she wrote this song that I can relate to something in my life, I want to hear about it. I want to hear her. I want to hear what her headspace was when she wrote that music. Taylor, if you're listening to this somehow, some way. You're a Tay listener. You're a Tay listener. This is an order. (laughs) This is not Or at least like in the lyric booklet. Okay. So on the website. On the CD, I thought I saw that the lyric booklet was supposed to be long. It says collectible eight page lyric booklet with never before seen photos. So So I would love if even if she wrote a little blurb, just a little blurb in the lyric booklet. I just, I want, I want to know everything. I want to know, I guess I kind of already said this, but I just, I I want to know because I want to relate it to me. I guess mm-hmm. and maybe that's selfish I don't know but <laughs> when when I hear these songs I feel like the songs that I get the most attached to that Taylor Swift releases are ones that I can directly tie to a moment in my life which again is mm-hmm. why when songs came out that I couldn't relate to at all like the entire lover album with the exception of like death by a thousand cups and I forgot right. they existed I want to hear those songs and relate them to me because she is so good at that 
And if it's just a song that doesn't give context about when or why she wrote it, or if she was drinking, or if she was sober, or if she was high, or if she was in love or heartbroken, I I need to know. I need to know the details. I know. I wonder if she's going to be, I guess I'm interested to see how vulnerable and real she gets with us. I hope she's not cryptic. I know. I know that that's like one of her signature things. And I love (laughs) that about her. I respect that about her for my mental health. And so that I don't think that I am the world's biggest dumbass. I need her to be as straightforward as she possibly can be so (laughs) that I don't have to jump through the mental hula hoops to make this relatable. (laughs) I mean, she's good at writing sad songs. She's You'll great know at writing she's sad. sad. Mm-hmm. I know, but like some of her songs, like nothing new is so incredibly straightforward. How can a person know everything at 18 and nothing at 22? That's so straightforward. But yeah. if you don't do like a deep dive of what mirror ball means for some reason, I think that's why that wasn't an immediate hit off of folklore, even though it's it's kind of getting its moment now on TikTok. But I think the reason that mirror mm-hmm. ball didn't immediately hit was because you have to jump through these mental hoops to understand why this content is relatable. Right. I saw a TikTok theory that someone thinks Midnight's is going to be for the mirror ball, the Archer girlies. Those are songs that I don't directly or I didn't directly listen to and then know what it was about. Well, we have done a mirror ball breakdown. Yeah, but now I know. But like right after Folklore or even leading up to our breakdown, I was just like, I got the basics because I could understand the bridge but I didn't break it down break it down that's fair which if you are listening to this highly recommend to listen to the mirror ball breakdown lyric by lyric that we have out not just because it's our podcast but because even as very big fans of Taylor Swift we didn't really get it until we got it and it took a lot of research to figure out Mm -hmm. exactly what the poetry of that song meant she likes to use metaphors a lot sometimes and taking the time to fully digest it helps you to fully understand it so I mean I think she'll have a healthy mix of highly metaphorical songs and a little more straightforward songs I hope so one of her standout things is songs that are full of metaphors and full of a lot of nuance and I don't Mm want to lose that I also again I don't want to be beating my head against the wall song after song trying to decipher what it's about (laughs) so yeah I hope she gives us an appropriate dose of being cryptic I wonder if she would be more straightforward with the songs that will be like the sleepless nights that directly had to do with her and her issues with herself, because that's her personal feelings. She's not going to like out anybody else or cause problems for anybody else. But I wonder if she'll be more cryptic and metaphorical with like a sleepless night that was that happened because of Kimye. Like that's my question for you. If these songs are about sleepless nights that have to do with other people, whether it be Jake Gyllenhaal, Harry Styles, Kanye West, Kim Kardashian, do you think that if she does out them in any way, shape, or form, that she would reach out to them beforehand or have her person reach out to their person, whatever, and say any version of this is going to come out. This is a professional courtesy that this is going to come out. I honestly don't think she would. You don't think so? Would you? No. That's so hard to say because like, I guess I'm trying to relate to the people in my life that I don't talk to anymore. I don't think I would. You know, my initial thought was I would like to think that I would, but then I thought about how we've kind of shaded people that we've been friends with or had relationships with in the past on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Because that's our experience regardless of them. And I didn't message them and say, we're not going to, I know we don't have millions and millions of listeners, No, but- But it's one of those things that like, I hate to sound the way I'm about to sound, but 
people that have gotten involved with Taylor Swift in the past, I mean, with the exception of anyone that dated her like debut and fearless, I think it was fair to kind of like disregard. But when she became a big pop star and you know that she writes about her personal life, if I ever got in a feud with Taylor Swift, I would expect that she was going to write about me. Kind of the same way that Joe Jonas expressed like, we're songwriters. That's what songwriters do. We write songs about each other. I would almost be offended if she didn't. Like, I wonder if Calvin Harris right? like, was offended that she wrote like one song about him. Like, maybe and that's then... why she didn't release yeah. anything about him because that she knew that would annoy him the most. That would annoy him more than having a song <laughs> written about him and being able to cloud chase would be being left in the dust uh, of her musical talent. Like, not even good enough to write a song about. Yeah, because like even Jake Gyllenhaal, after listening to the OG version of Red, he hit her up and was like, "That was really bittersweet." Thank you. The good people appreciate the art she creates from the experience, even if they were the person in the wrong. It could be relationship to relationship as well, because like, like we talked about in the Harry Styles episode, her relationship with Harry Styles, at least from observationally, it seems pretty good. And her relationship, I imagine with John Mayer never recovered because now after he threatened her via email, spoiler, we're going to cover that soon, but you know. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure that that didn't recover the way that she and Harry Styles no. did. I imagine that her relationship with Kim Kardashian is probably better than her relationship with Kanye West because Kim and Kanye are not together anymore. But clearly it's still not that great because Midnight's is coming out on Kim K's B-Day. It is. I don't want to make this about her, but at the same time, it is and nothing is an accident. So I'm really excited about this era. I'm excited about... I'm excited about finding ourselves within this era too, because we kind of know the vibes from the different eras of Taylor Swift that we really like. Like I love wearing my cardigan, but I love wearing all black and full glam makeup like reputation. I love the pastels from lover. I'm excited to experience all these things for the first time again. And kind of, I don't know. I feel like my music tastes change when Taylor releases different music. So I'm kind of excited to explore, hopefully, more genres. I'm also excited about that. Finding ourselves through Midnight's is a really great way to put this. Because mm-hmm. we do, we get to discover more about ourselves and about our relationships and relating it to our own lives, our futures, our past. There is so much to unpack. And it's not just about Taylor. It's about every single one of her fans as well. And that is so incredibly exciting. I can't wait to make this my personality for the next eight to 12 months. We're going to be so inseparable, even more so than we already are right now. Your poor boyfriend had to deal with a four-way call with three crazy Swifties last night. He did. <laughs> and he ordered me the vinyl because I couldn't get through to the website. And he ordered yeah, it. Yeah, he, he made it on the website first. All of us crazy Swifties were desperately refreshing. And he's like, well, I'm in. Do you want me to send you screenshots? <laughs> And then he spoiled it for us, which like, like don't spoil anything. Well, he was spoiling it in boy words. So it was like, well, she's there and there's a lighter. And so like, he couldn't capture the essence because he's a boy. <laughs> meanwhile, like we're frantically refreshing. He's like, so, uh, I was supposed guys- the dragon tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, shut no, up, I cares, Matt. up, Matt. <laughs> Read the room. <laughs> I got a few different messages today and I appreciate the people thinking of me when they saw the announcement but like y'all I'm crazy I'm crazy we knew within minutes I called you four minutes after the announcement I was not watching it live I got texted by my friend Emma three minutes after the announcement 
articles didn't 3 a.m last night scrolling swift talk like i know everything oh yeah we knew i also appreciate it but i just like that people think about me when they think about taylor swift i wish that i'd been way more into taylor swift during my past relationships because taylor swift is going to just be omnipresent in the music scene and in culture for the rest of our lives and yeah I want them to think about me every time they hear a Taylor Swift song. Yeah, like I, I have serious FOMO for all the crazy reputation girlies that during that era when most people didn't like Taylor or it felt like most people didn't like Taylor. I don't know the actual stats on that, but everyone thinks about them from their lives during that part, period of their life. Although I know, like, I know the ex-friends and ex-boyfriends must be lurking because we all be lurking, right? If you lurk, I see you. Yeah, we know. For whoever that applies to, you know who you are. Hello, mm. how are you? Mm. <laughs> we know you're lurking. We can tell. I know that my mm-hmm. ex-boyfriends lurk. I know that ex-friends lurk. Mm-hmm. And they know that we co-host a Taylor Swift podcast. So they're going to think about us. And I'm going to let them. And I bet you think about me. Yes. Oh, oh, my God. She's insane. Say, oh, my God. She's insane. She wrote a song. Um, actually. <laughs> well... Olivia, we pushed Kim Ye to do this episode and I wouldn't have it any other way, but I feel like we've got a lot to break down before Midnight's releases and Kim Ye is one of them, but we're on like a tight schedule now because we got some new tea swizzle stuff coming in TS 10. We do. We got a lot of shit to break down. And that being said, I want to make sure that all too well, the short film gets that last kick in the spotlight Mm -hmm. before we move into the Midnight's era fully. So Next week, we're talking about it. Yeah, we're going to do our own personal analysis. We'll probably take you play by play of the video and our commentaries on it and the little Easter eggs that we picked up. I know there's plenty to research because there's so many Easter eggs in Taylor Swift videos of any sort, let alone a 10 minute one. So we will do our research, watch it a million times so you don't have to. I mean, we didn't really Tay learn anything this episode. You know what we Tay learned? We Tay learned that a new album is dropping. We did. that. That's happened in the last 24 hours. I mean, it's 7 p.m. Eastern time as we are recording this uh, the day after the announcement. So it's less than 24 hours ago. We Tay learned that Taylor had bigger plans for the world than we thought. And we probably couldn't be any more excited about it if we tried. So uh, we need to yeah, go. I um, breathe last night. Yeah, no, we like need to go have like a cup of tea and maybe a bath and like completely decompress from mm-hmm. all yeah. of it. And we will keep you updated if you are, don't have your finger on the pulse of what's new with Taylor Swift whenever her first single comes out, which I do anticipate her to release a single before the album comes out. We will, of course, cover that in our first impressions. We have a lot of fun content coming in regards to Midnight's. So stay tuned for that. I'm super yeah. excited. Be sure to keep out on our Instagram at Taylorning Podcast. And recently we have launched our TikTok account also at yeah, Taylorning so Podcast. <laughs> We're going to be posting some fun content on there. So be sure to stay up to date because we are Taylorking for you. We're we going to keep you on the cusp of all things Taylor Swift leading up to TS10, which will no doubt be the biggest album of the year. God, I can't wait. I can't wait. 
can't wait oh uh, but, but we're gonna have to and y'all are gonna have to wait until next week to hear our breakdown of all too well the short film so until then my name is danny and i'm olivia we love you <laughs> see you later <laughs> midnight 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 haunt me in the middle of the night i